Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. We're back on a Monday night, which means we are back to being on schedule. No hiatus going on, no other means going on. But except for the fact that it's just fucking raining. It's raining cats and dogs once again outside. So if for any reason you hear a couple of raindrops or a couple of shit that goes on on the roof in the background of this recording, now you understand why. But nevertheless, I mean, every time when it rains out, it's actually good at least for me, to stay introverted. And I'm not saying, like, in a depression type of way where I'm feeling sad or moody because, you know, sometimes weather does that. But it's just that moment where I just want to chill out, you know, being on the bed and just relax and flip the channels and shit, watch some football, some MMA, you know, good life stuff. But that's not the case, you know. Every single day that passes by, which I will say this, I think I've decided, no, I have decided that instead of saving my New Year's resolution for January 1st, since I really don't like to be like everybody else, I'm going to save that shit for tomorrow, December 1st. And it's pretty simple. It's pretty clear. You know, accomplish basically one goal every single day, no matter what it is, or If that's not enough, because I know many of us are very goal-oriented, you know, set five goals. Set five goals for yourself, very small, very realistic goals, and you'll you'll be amazed on how much you can, you know, accomplish within a week. And I've taken this from Mike Dolce himself, and you can follow him at the Dolce Diet at, uh, at Twitter. You know, the, the five, I call it the five F's. He doesn't call it the five F's, I call it the five F's. You know, fitness... That's number one, family and friends and faith, number two, finances, number three, future is number four, and and uh, number five is for me. Basically, to sum up everything in its entirety, first one is fitness. You know, work out. Do a 20-minute workout, 30-minute workout every single day. Doesn't have to be strenuous, doesn't have to be hard, doesn't have to be anything, you know. Go on YouTube and do some dancing, you know, whatever the case. Do something fun for yourself. And I understand it's not ideal to lose weight. It's not really losing weight. It's more like just being healthy before the holiday dinners come up. But that's just me. Number two, family, friends, and faith. You know, check up on your family. Check up on your friends. Talk to them. See how they're doing. You know, it's important to keep that inner circle intact. It's important to, you know, check up on the people, especially the ones that support you. You know, even if it's a hi, hi, how you doing? It doesn't have to be every single day. But, you know, because I know we're busy. I know we're busy. Number three, financing. Count your money. See how much you have left. See what your budget is for the holidays. See what you can afford and what you can't. See how much you can try to save up for the next few weeks. Because after the holidays, men, you know we're going to be broke when our ladies are going to be asking us for, uh, you know, Valentine's Day and anniversaries and all that stuff. So finance is number three. Four, future. You know, many of us don't really think about of what we're going to do in the next three to five years. 
So whatever you want to do at that point, realize what you're going to do now to get to that point. You know, three to five years. You know, what can I do today to get me to that point? As you know, I want to succeed in voiceover. You know, that's that's my passion. That's my go-to. And podcasting. What can I do now to get me to that point? Reading scripts, listening to commercials, practice, 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 practice. That's just me personally. And number five, for me. Basically, since the other 80% is doing other things, make 20% to do whatever the hell you want to do. Play a game, read a book, binge watch TV, whatever the case may be. You know, so if you follow those, and like I said, small, realistic goals, you'll be good for yourself. But anyway, what the, what the hell am I doing? Like, this is, this is a comic book podcast, my guy. This is a comic book podcast. Nobody wants to hear that shit. <laughs> I'm just being honest, people. I'm just being honest. Today on the episode of the podcast, I know I touched on this on the last episode. It was only brief, but I want to expand on this today. Today will be hashtag save Daredevil. I'm going to talk in its entirety of why Daredevil is the best, one of the best, if not top five, top three superhero shows that must be watched and why it needs to come back. So that's pretty much the gist of it. All that plus our super villain quote of the day since we are on episode 84. Only 16 more until episode 100. I got to plan for something big for everybody. I got to plan for something big. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get the shout outs out of the way, shall we? And today, being November 30th, 2020, this is a main shout out to Kevin Conroy, my Batman, our Batman, the voice of Batman, the animated series. It is his 65th birthday today 65 years old so to kevin conroy happy motherfucking birthday i grew up being a huge fan of him and his voice his 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 way of bringing the character of batman to life in everything that he does like i understand there are different iterations and you can go to you know christian bale and michael keaton and everybody else but to me kevin conroy is batman he is the voice of Batman. He will be Batman fucking forever. Okay? Little pun there. If you if you understood that reference. You can catch him on Batman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond, Justice League the Animated Series, the Arkham games, fucking the Injustice games, and so on and so forth. Hell, you can even catch him live action in a Batwoman episode where they did the crossover episodes. So, Kevin Conroy is the guy, and I'm so upset at myself that I did not get a chance to meet him face-to-face at Comic-Con last year. Was it last year, or was it two years ago? It was around recently, but nevertheless, happy birthday, Kevin Conroy, old man Bruce Wayne, you're still kicking it. I hope we get more work from you fucking forever. I don't give a shit. Let Ride that motherfucker till the wheels fall off. I don't give a shit. Oh, man. Love me some Batman. That's all we have for the shoutouts. Let's dive into our hashtag save Daredevil and why it's the best thing in your life. And that comes up right in a bit.
It was an extremely dark time when we found out that Netflix was canceling arguably one of the best shows of all time. And of course, it was only a matter of time that other shows began to follow. Others like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and The Punisher and I guess you can throw in Iron Fist, you know, rolling eyes right now, but... Out of all of those shows, there's only one that really, really stood in its own category. And it was damn near perfection. It's why I speak so highly about this show. Fucking Marvel Netflix's Daredevil. Now, you can imagine when the show even started, and I'm just basing this from memory, where we have three seasons, the first two... And then took a break from a while for the Defenders. And then Daredevil Season 3 picked up right off from that. You knew you were getting a treat. Ever since you saw a lot of the the action and the performances and everything else that's going on. And, and it was combined in between. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. I want to talk about specific reasons. You know, because here's the thing. The Marvel Netflix shows, we know for a while that these shows exist within the universe of the MCU. Because if you remember just a few scenes, a few of them, there were many, many moments where they made MCU references all the time. You know, Jessica Jones talked about the big green guy, obviously the Hulk. And there were moments where someone uh, talked about Captain America. And, you know, you've, you've seen these references all the time. But not once have we seen the MCU make any other reference about Marvel Netflix. Now, I understand due to property rights and due to the fact that these shows did not belong or they could not be named within their own respective rights. I completely understand that. But it would have been that much awesome to find out what would have happened if we just got these crossovers between these magnificent characters. And Daredevil was no exception. So I'm going to make a list. I I have it in my notes here. I'm going to make a list in terms of why this fucking show is so fucking awesome. I'm going to say fucking a lot today. I apologize for my language. Actually, like Conor McGregor said, I apologize to nothing. So I'm just speaking with raw passion. Number one, the actor's performances. When you got the starring character, Matt Murdock played by Charlie Fox, and you got the Kingpin by Vincent D'Onofrio, and you got all of these other magnificent performances, you can tell that every single one of them, even from the directors, even from the camera people, the, the sound editor, the engineers, the choreographers, everyone, they put 150% in every single thing they did. And... It's nothing short than perfect. You know, everything... The time that you see the first episode on... And you can actually feel something. And that's what art does. It makes you feel something. And you feel an an emotion. And a, an attachment to these characters. Where you care why certain characters are the way they are. You cared about Matt Murdock. And you did care about... Kingpin, which makes him one of the most fantastic villains ever in the history of Marvel. 
and these actors bring their performances to a level that I don't think I've ever seen. You know, you can chalk it up to, if, if you make slight comparisons to the CW show, then you make slight comparisons to any other TV show from the past till now, you can kind of make the argument that none of them really hold a flicker to Daredevil. Maybe it's because I haven't seen a magnificent performance like I've seen from the hallway scene. You know, the hallway scene, which is an homage to, what's that movie called from from Korea? Oh, of course, Old Boy. Not the remake. I'm talking about, I think this was made in 2010, 2011. You know, not the 2013 version. I'm talking about Old Boy, one of the most greatest cinematic foreign films in the history of mankind. And that show paid homage to that. And, and it was not just the hallway scene. They would have scenes from the entirety of the show where everything was done in one single take. Where they knew that if they messed up once, they would try it and try it and try again until everything was fucking flawless. And you got that literally within the first season of the show. You knew you were in for a ride. So let me continue on with more reasons. You know, we spoke about actors' performances and the action, a little bit of the choreography, but let's talk about the villains. Kingpin, as I said, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, and Bullseye, and all these other characters, Elektra, and all these antagonists where, Jesus Christ, like I said, you feel a connection to these characters. From the beginning of the show, all the way till literally towards the end, you understood what made Kingpin the way he is. Where he was abused and he was controlled by his father and that carried him over to being one of the most greatest entrepreneur, not even an entrepreneur, but he was like, he was someone that you knew that as soon as you look at him, you would shit your fucking pants. He was someone to be feared. And his pockets, he, his hands run in people's pockets so deep where he knew, he knew that he could easily crush you if he truly wanted to. He would get his henchmen to do it or he would get himself to do it when there was a scene from the first season where he just took a guy's head and kept on smashing it against the fucking car door because that guy disrespected him in front of the woman that he loves, Vanessa. Now, if that's not pure, raw emotion, and Vincent D'Onofrio played this character beautifully. You know, you can chalk up to certain other people that they would play the same character, but it's not the same. It's really not. I believe the last person that played him, if I remember correctly, Michael Clark Douglas. Rest in peace to him because I know he passed away. And this was from 2003. And he was okay. Like, he was decent. You know, his performance was okay, but I wasn't attached to him like I was to Vincent's performance. And that says a lot. And in season three, you had moments where, you know, you deadass really cared about him. Was he going to be with Vanessa? Is he going to be with the one that he loves? You know, on how he cherishes his art, he cherishes his painting. And you could tell that he truly, truly loves what he loves. 
And I know that's such a cliche thing, but there's no other way for me to describe that. Bullseye is another character where you can tell that he is full of rage. And the performance that the actor gave him, I completely forgot his name. I apologize that I forgot his name. But how he brought his character in on how it was pure emotion and pure rage. There was a scene where he was close to a church and he failed at doing his job in something. So he got into his truck at the back of his truck and he just let out a big fucking scream. And that was one of the main themes that season three even had. Everyone was screaming. You know, Kingpin talked about it. He was like, the only way to let out your rage is to fucking scream. And you saw it. You saw almost every character scream. Kingpin screamed. Fucking Bullseye screamed. Daredevil screamed. Especially at the ending of the of the season. You remember the I beat you speech. Jesus Christ, man. Another reason that I love this show. The dark tone. Now... This is not the same dark tone that I've said where, you know, if you watch a DC show, let's say from HBO Max, you know, Titans, Swamp Thing, and all these other shows that are dark and gritty. Yeah, they're dark and gritty. You know, there's there's no mistake about that. And I've said it time to uh, every time. If you're going to go dark, go fucking dark all the way, you know, because that's what separates you from Marvel. And sometimes they either do a good job with it other times they don't, and it gets a little lackluster, it gets a little boring, I get that. But this is a different type of dark and grittiness, because for Daredevil, it's more grounded, and it's more realistic. A lot of people make this comparison to Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, on how dark and gritty and realistic that those movies were. And I could not agree more, because that's exactly what the show is. Everything is not all serious. There are some lighthearted feels to us too. I mean, there was a bunch of scenes where the episode would dedicate towards doing some character development between Matt Murdock and his best friend, Foggy Nelson. And there were scenes where it would transition back and forth between Foggy wanting to break up his friendship with Matt after he found out that he was Daredevil and we would switch, the scene would switch back and forth between those two from the present to those two from the past. And you could tell that there was some genuine character development between their friendship. And it's probably the most realistic that I've ever seen possibly in a TV show. And you can imagine that, and I'm sure those actors that they even ad-libbed a couple of times and they improved a couple of times, like they actually had genuine laughs where Foggy Nelson would come out of nowhere and be like, um, Nelson and Murdoch, the avocados, the, the, the attorney at laws of Hell's Kitchen. And, you know, you see Charlie Cox and he's genuinely laughing. He's having a great time. And again, you feel that. It's realistic. You know, the dark and grittiness from the the CW shows and from the HBO Max shows and all of that is cool and all, but it's not as grounded as Daredevil had it. You know what I mean? Again, that dark and gritty told where it's grounded, but it's real. 
its fucking wheel and it makes you feel something. I'm going to say that over and over. It makes you feel something. And the cinematography and the choreography, the color correction, and the fact that everything is in dark and moody colors because it represents the scene. It represents what the characters are feeling. From color correction to the action and cinematography, the choreography from each actor, the stunt doubles, and they drew tremendous work. This goes back to the hallway scene that I've said. This show... I, I know I've probably spoken on more and more about this, and I hope I really have... I, I'm not selling this to you. You know, I want you to have a good time and give this show a chance if you have not seen it before. If you have not seen it before, give the show a chance. Because I promise you, this by far is going to be one of the best cinematic shows that you will ever see in your life. Yes, season two is not as good as season one or season three, but the first four episodes of season two definitely has played its mark because those episodes basically reflect the morality of both sides of the coin of whether criminals deserve to die slash punished or should they be redeemed and should they be taking a chance to try again to to have redemption and both Daredevil and Punisher plays this scene tremendously i believe it's episode 4 season 2 episode 4 if i'm not mistaken go on youtube and just watch that scene and you will see the morality and how both sides so opposite, like they're they're basically the opposite of the same coin, but the beauty of that scene, they're both right and they're both wrong. One, feel like criminals should be punished, should be put to death, no matter what the cost, because the justice system is flawed and there is no deterrence in terms of their actions. So they would go to jail for a month, a week, a day, or whatever the case. And they're back on the streets doing the same goddamn thing. You know, that's one character. That's his point of view. That they should be put down no matter what. And on the other side, you got Daredevil's point of view. Where he finds catharsis in terms of beating people up for a living. Because he wants to get his anger out, yes. But he also believes that human beings, they deserve a chance. That every darkness has its light. And the fact that every person, no matter how terrible they are, no matter the wrong they've done, that they deserve a chance to try again, to find some way to redeem themselves. That episode played this scene tremendously. Because... There are pros and cons to both sides. If I have not sold you on this show, I don't know what else there is for me to say. And at this point, I feel like the MCU needs a character like Daredevil to come back. And my wishful list, if there's if there's a couple of things that I could have for Christmas, you know, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. 
if there's one thing that I want is for Charlie Cox's Daredevil to be in MCU Spider-Man 3. Have Matt Murdock be Peter Parker's attorney. Have him help him, you know, maybe join him. If, 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 if you bring the Sinister Six and if you bring the three Spider-Men and if you bring all these other supporting characters, fuck it. Bring in Doctor Strange. Bring in Daredevil. Give Spider-Man his allies. You know, have them help him. You know, in some capacity. At the at the end of the day, you let Tom Holland Spider-Man be his own guy. I get that. But have Daredevil there too. You know, or if he can't be a superhero yet, or if he can't be Daredevil in the movie, fuck it. Have him have a cameo. Have him have a cameo where he is Peter Parker's attorney. And that can be... A foreshadowing of Daredevil maybe making or having his own movie in the MCU. Use the same gritty tones. Use the same everything. And chances are I know it's a long stretch. And Kevin Feige is not going to do it. But this is something we absolutely need. You see, and and I'm going to end on this here. The MCU with its lightheartedness and the PG-13 ratings and everything that's going on, aside from Infinity War to Endgame, because those were die-hard, stakes-are-fucking-high serious moments, you need those characters to counteract and balance the good, happy-go-lucky characters. You know, it's, it's one thing about Iron Man and his genius intellect or Captain America and his patriotic way and all these other characters that they're fun and they're awesome and they're good and, and they're lovable. But are they really, I was going to say connectable, but, you know, that's not even a word. Are they really as relatable as we are to Daredevil and Jessica and Luke Cage and Iron Fist? You know, a friend of mine always asked me, you know, if there are two groups to who you want to join with, who would it be, the Avengers or the Defenders? I go with the Defenders every time. I would rather deal with serious level threats that are street leveled a lot more than intergalactic levels. And that's just me personally. Plus, I like dark, edgy shit. I do. I do like dark, edgy shit. It's my thing. It is what it is. But that's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. As a reminder, I am on all of the important platforms for you tuning in to listen. You can tell your friends, tell your family members, tell your buddies, tell everyone to hit me up. Tell everyone to check me out. I'm on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, you know it. You know on how to listen to my episodes. And we're growing and we're expanding and we're doing what we can. And if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you hit me up on my Twitter and Instagram, Mike Garcia VO, OTC Volume 2, Volume Completely Spelled with the number 2, but you already know that. Or you can hit me up on our Facebook group, OTC Fanatics. Well, the rain is coming in hard if you heard that. (laughs) OTC Fanatics, you can post anything you want that's comic book related. We can have discussions. We can have anything. And hell, if you want to be a guest of the podcast yourself, 
hit me up. Let's talk. We can interview. Maybe you know a lot more than I do. If you want to talk about independent comics, if you want to talk about certain ideas that you can draw upon, hey, I'm all ears. We're all friends here. Let's do the damn thing. Now, like anything else, let's go into our super villain quote of the day, and this one is from Bullseye himself. I'm Bullseye. In my hands, anything is a weapon. That arrow is tipped with an explosive, nothing big. And my reaction to that is this. It must take a very, very good person to literally hit everything without missing whatsoever. Can you imagine how many competitions you would win if you were to take that shit overseas? Oof. You'd break world records constantly. I'm just saying. It's a great way to make a profit. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Tune in on Thursday night where we will talk more on all the happenings that goes on in the world of comic book news, movies, games, shows, or whatever the case may be. And always remember, if you hear about it, and you read about it, I talk about it. Stay safe. Till next time. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.